Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Cali United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. In this episode we look back on a long journey down to Gloucestershire and back with no points to show for it. As tabletop as FGR show the Blues why they're running away with this season and as a preview of the upcoming games against Sutton United and Salford City. Twelve time lucky Dan. Fitting in just nicely there because <laughs> what the listeners won't realise is we've had to do the start about eighty five times because we've got gremlins tonight, but they seem to have gone, so they do seem to have gone, yeah, uh, yeah, just a little bit of a disappointing one this weekend for us, wasn't it? A nice, nice little journey down. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely drive down. Gloucester Services is always a bonus with being the southern version of T-Bear. But, yeah. uh, the game, yeah, not, not as great yeah. as we do. But as you said on the day, it was a free hit. But we'll cover that shortly because we'll get onto the uh, review section. But first up, Dan, let's get into the news. And uh, there's mm. quite a bit to cover this week, actually. Um <laughs> Typical as it is, as always, uh, a lot of it broke last week after we uh, recorded, so we're covering it now, uh, a little bit behind the, the curve in that sense, but um, yeah, first up, it's some loan moves that have been confirmed, so after Taylor Charter's temporary move to Gator, which is going really well, by the things, a couple of weeks ago, um, it's been another busy week of outgoing to Brunton Park as three more players have departed the club uh, in loan deals. Uh, first up, striker Tristan Abrahams, he's dropped down to National League level to join Grimsby Town on a loan deal until the end of the season. The 23-year-old attacker has found game time, I think it's fair to say, quite limited in the last few months. And he's he's struggled yeah. to pin down a starting place as well, hasn't he? And I mean, he signed on a two-year deal in the summer and it's not looking a great deal at the moment. I mean, he's three goals in 20 games for someone who's, you know, was you... Oh, not I wouldn't say your marquee signing. I'd say he's one of your key signs in the summer. It's not a great return. He's He's played twice for the Mariners so far and he's... Failed to find the net in either game. Two tough games, I think, to start. Well, Bromley's not shouldn't be as tough, but Wrexham was a tough game. Uh, Brom, Brom, Bromley are quite up there, to be fair. Mm, yeah. Decent team. Byron Webster running the, the show at the back for them. Exactly. Um, not a massive surprise to see him go out on loan. Dan, good move for him and for us, really, isn't it? It, it came from nowhere, you know. Mm. I mean, we, I'd say probably 95% of Carlisle fans would have been happy to see see him depart, uh, you know, all of a sudden there was a whisper that Grimsby were interested and a couple of hours later it was announced, so, you know, mm. best of luck to him, you know, I mean, I think he'll move on in the summer, yeah. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Millen's taken to him, uh, yeah. he's not really impressed, he started alright, but just, he's done nothing has he? I mean, in pre-season he linked up very well with Clough, but he was playing against a very low standard of opposition for most of these yeah, games. Yeah. And that's the problem, isn't it? When you do that and then you step up to the league level and you can't quite do it, there's an issue there, isn't there? And yeah. Like you said, I, I won't be surprised to see him move on in the summer. I saw the Grimsby fans got very excited about signing him. I didn't know whether to, to dampen their expectations <laughs> or not, really. But uh, good luck to the lad. You know, he's, you know, fair play to him for wanting to go and actually play football. He could have just oh, yeah, stayed yeah, and yeah. collect his wage, but yeah. wants to get games, doesn't he? Um yeah. So on to the other two. Uh, so Keith Millen sort of promised in recent weeks that he would be looking to get game time for the younger members of the first team squad and two more fringe players have followed charters out on loads of non-league sides. So 
First up, Lewis Bell. He's joined Northern Premier League Division... Prem- it's a mouthful, this one. Northern Premier League Premier Division side. They could think of a better name for it than that, couldn't they? Ridiculous. Warrington yeah. Town, on an initial one-month loan deal, he's found it quite difficult to get into the first-team squad for a lot of the campaign, hasn't he? Started that League Cup game with Sheffield United, but he's not really featured that much, has he? Yeah, he's... Uh, it, you know, it was sort of said last year that Bell was one who really suffered with COVID. Mm. Uh, you know, it dragged on a bit. I think he had a bit of long COVID, etc. Mm. And um, I, I don't want to be harsh on the lad because I, I really hope he, he comes through. But given that we were allegedly hawking him round for three quarters of a million, I would expect a player in that bracket to be playing for us. I think he needs to toughen up. I think that's the one thing that stands out for him. He, yeah, yeah. he doesn't look particularly strong. So going somewhere like Warrington, and actually going somewhere away from Cumbria might not be a bad thing for him rather than just yeah, going to yeah. like work in somewhere where he might feel a bit comfortable. Yeah. Take him out of his comfort zone, go away, play a bit of football um, and see what he can do. And he's going to a side that's doing well as well. They're in, I think, the mm-hmm. seventh position in their division, challenging for a playoff place. Um he was David unused. Ravens in in the scene Indeed. now, isn't he? Yeah, he's assistant manager there. Um, yeah. He was an unused sub last weekend in their two-one home defeat to fellow promotion chasers and big spenders. I think it's fair to say South Shields. They just appointed Kevin Phillips as manager. Haven't they? Yeah. Did you see his haircut? That's, yeah. not, that's not a haircut for a man in his forties, no, is it? No. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. But yeah, I, th- I think he's, I think he's possibly had a transplant. Never mind the haircut. I think it's fair to say. Yes, I think that's yeah. a fair, fair assumption. Um, so yeah, the, it's the division just above Workington and. It's a good opportunity for him, isn't it? Hopefully, he'll he'll get a bit of game time. He's still got another year left in his contract for next season, isn't he? So and an option as well, I think. So. Exactly. So they they must have seen something in him at some point. So yeah, you know, you'd hope that maybe he'll help him getting kick on. getting hacked down the line in uh, some of the uh, Yorkshire and Lancashire uh, venues will do mm. him the world of good. Absolutely. Uh, and finally, Josh Dixon. He's made the move down the A five nine five. On a one-month loan deal to Workington Reds, um, he's had rotten luck, hasn't he, in the last few seasons with injuries. Yeah, yeah. Every time he seems to get fit, he gets another one. And I think he's been fit for a while now, but obviously there's other players who've got a bit more experience and a bit more toughened up ahead of him. I, I, I think as well, what Millen alluded to was, yes, we could probably send him on loan to a, you know, a, a Gateshead or a, you know, a National League North type team, but they won't want to take the gamble based on his fitness record. Uh, Millen's comments are really, really interesting on this one. Where, he, whereas Workington, we could sort of say, look, we'll loan him, but he's got to play. He really yeah. has to play. Because, I mean, we'll be paying his wages. They won't be paying a single penny. No, wages, no, which, is, no. which is fine. You know, There's nothing wrong with that. And, no, and no. yeah, like you said, his comments were very interesting, Millen, because he basically said, didn't he, the lad's got all the talent you could imagine, didn't he? Basically, he said he's a really talented lad. But at the moment, I can't trust to play him and know he's going to be fit for games. So yeah, I need yeah. him to go out and play. He needs to go and play seven or eight games in a row yeah. consistently. And you can and, and he'll, if he stays fit, he'll dominate that division. Comfortably, we, we, we saw hey, it. I'd, I'd love nothing more than our midfield next season to be, say, Guy, Dixon and Charters. Mm. It'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. but... We'll, uh, we'll have to see. But he's got he's got to show his, his fitness, hasn't he? Um, yeah. And, and, and to be fair, it's a good time to be going to Reds. They're flying at the top of the Northern Premier League Division 1 West. Um, yeah. 59 points and 25 I, I games. Actually, I wonder if he'll walk straight in the team or if it'll be more half an hour from the bench for a couple of games to begin. Possibly, possibly. Or maybe give him 60 if, minutes. If, if you, if you play for Reds and you're, you're winning every week, you'd be a bit... I think the thing is as well, they've, they've been... 
you know, as you'd expect at that level, players often come in and drop into the team and players yeah, play out yeah. position and stuff like that. Yeah. So essentially, we it's a chance for him to go there and play a bit of football. I mean, yeah, yeah. like I said, they, they, they've won the last seven fixtures in the league in a row and they've not been beaten in 11 games. I think the last game they lost was Runcorn Linnets in the end of October. So, you know, you're going into a side that's flying. He should be able to go there and enjoy his football, I think it's fair to say. So mm. good luck to Josh, good luck to Lewis, and good luck to Tristan as well on their loan spells. Um, and as we said there before, it sounds like Taylor Charles is doing brilliant. He was at four wins in a row yeah. since he yeah. went there. You're flying, Gateshead. Excellent stuff. Kedwin Scott banging them in if only he'd been given yeah. a chance. Yeah. <clears throat> Although he's not in the X-Files this week, is he? No, he's no. this weekend. Okay, well, let's move on to a, an incoming then, Dan. Um, yeah, this is one that... Um, Caught us all a bit by surprise, wasn't it? It wasn't one we expected. Earlier this week, United announced the uh, latest addition to the January transfer window. and um, Our third number six of the season by the look of an interview today with him. It's incredible, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, it, I don't think anyone expected a defender to be the next player coming in, did they? Especially the, the form we've been in recently, but yeah. No, but we do need a defender, is what I will say. We do, yeah. I think a lot of people expected a covering defender, someone yeah, to be on yeah. the bench. I don't think this lad's going to be on the bench, based on what we've read on him. No. Um, so yeah, it's Southampton's England Youth International centre-back, Dinel Simeu. He has joined the Blues on a low deal to the end of the season. And if Keith Millen's rather love-struck words on the uh, official website even to go by... It might be a bit of a coup, mightn't it? Because he's basically yeah. said he was my number one target of any other player and we've managed to get him. Yeah. One second. No, um, he's, he's... What, sorry? The cat wants to get out one second. We're keeping this one in. <laughs> just just for the listeners, it is now and again where we cut out, where we get interrupted by uh, events in our houses, but Lee's cat. We might even pop a picture up that he sent us on the Twitter. <laughs> Right, I'm back now. The cat, the cat is happy days. I, I was just telling the listeners, we'll uh, <laughs> pop that picture up. He sent us on WhatsApp of the cat. At some indeed, point. indeed, I will yeah. do. Um, yeah, where was I? I can't remember what I was now. Yeah, but yeah, he, yeah. He, he seemed to be really the way he's talking about him. He was, gushing's probably a over the top word for him, but he was he was really pleased, wasn't he, to get him in? I'll tell you something. He looks a unit as well, doesn't well, he? Well, this is the thing. When we signed Dinsey, I didn't ever. He looked. Tall didn't and he looked rangy, didn't he? He looked rangy and he, but he didn't yeah. look like I didn't feel like he's going to be imposing when yeah. you saw him up against Jamil Matt, for instance. You thought Jamil Matt's going to bully him all afternoon, and he did. Yeah, yeah. I think at first 20 minutes he was okay, but as soon as he got the to grips with him, he basically tore him yeah. apart that day. Whereas Simeon looks a big, I mean, alongside Keith Millen's not small, he was no, six foot no, two, six no. foot three, and he looks bigger than him, so yeah, yeah, that, that's pleasing to see. So, yeah, the, the 19 year old. He joined the Saints from Chelsea last summer. I think he started out at Southampton at a very young age before he went to Chelsea, didn't he? Um, yeah. I, think, but, I think he went for about one and a half million, didn't 1. he? 1.5 million is what the, the reported fee, wasn't it? So, you know, yeah. he's, he, um, he's mostly featured for the under-23s at St. Mary's. But at Stamford Bridge, he was um, he was captain of their under-23s, wasn't he, for a lot of last season in the Premier yeah. League too? And and, that's, that's, that's young. Hmm. Yeah. And, he, and he was also on the bench for a few first-team games, wasn't he? It was as well, I seem to remember, for... For games against Bayern Munich in the Champions League, I think yeah. it was, and someone else, I think a Premier League game possibly. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, really exciting young Cameroon-born defender. I think he's the. Would you reckon he's the third or fourth player from Cameroon? Yeah, because we've had Jean Claude Pagal, yeah. obviously the the wonder, the one mm. game wonder, and people don't realise Vincent Pennycard was yeah born in Cameroon. Wasn't I have it? a feeling there's one other, but I can't remember who. So, on top of my head, I've been trying to work it out. 
but uh, I'm sure it'll come to me at some point. But we'll uh, we'll move on. Yeah, the, the, the one little bit of concern about this lane move, this is something I noticed. Um, there's a, a Saints journal was tweeting saying that he seems to be suggesting the reason why we've managed to get him is that we've basically guaranteed him game time. And I know he's probably going to be a quality defender, probably better than any defender we've got. But I'd rather players have to fight for their place in the team than be guaranteed they were going to start games. Mm. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be brilliant and we'll, we'll be like, well, there's no worries he's going to start every game anyway. But, but yeah, it's one of those ones. I, I generally prefer it that the defender has to actually work for their place. But but maybe that's me. Maybe I'm a bit old-fashioned in that sense. But, but there you go. Um... One little bit more of news. Well, actually, two little bits of news. Um, first up, second year YTS, uh, Jack Ellis. Uh, he's agreed a two-year professional deal that will start in July on the completion of his YTS after impressing Keith Millen in first-team training this season. Um, Kendall-born defender. He's played across the back line. He's captained the under-18s this season and seems to have done really well, doesn't he? And it seems to be suggesting he's had a bit of a growth spur over the last few months, and that's really helped him as well. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, we we discussed a few when the youth cup was on about mm. you know possibles for making the step up, and uh, I think we sort of both agreed that Ellis was one that uh, could just do that. Well, it was noticeable when the club puts up training pics from you know from the, the training during the week on Instagram and on Twitter and stuff like that. You'd always saw him in there training with the first team, which made you think. If he's been doing it for this long, the chances are he's going to get a pro deal, isn't he? Especially he can play across the back four as well, which really helps. But the interesting point as well there is that Millen has basically said, we're going to assess how strong the first team squad is. And then potentially we'll send him out on loan somewhere for a few months. Because he's basically said he, he's he's ready for men's football now. He, he's not he's, he's outgrown youth team level. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's one thing I actually have to say before we go on to the last item, Dan, that really has impressed me about Millen, actually. Is that he straight away recognised these young lads? There's no use in them being here just training with us during the week and not playing any football on a Saturday. They need to go out there and they need to play football. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, whatever like, level. Like, say, someone like Ellis, who is obviously coasting through games in the uh, youth level. In, the, in the youth games. And, you know, we don't really have reserve football. So, you know, I'd, I'd rather he went to a, a Lancaster or a Gateshead and, you know, played a few games and, hmm. you know. I mean, there's some talk as well, didn't we say to the other day somewhere about Gabe Breeze might be off to a, a, a non-league side as well. Was it Lancaster yeah. possibly mentioned, I think? so. Yeah, North-East teams were mentioned, I think. Possibly Blythe or someone. Or... Yeah. Who, of course, it was Blythe had uh, Mark Gillespie from us at one they point. They did, yeah. They've got Alex Mitchell these days, haven't they? I think I mm. seem to remember, yeah. But no, yeah, um, fantastic news for him. And like I said, it's, it's great to see that Mullen recognises the need for them to to actually play men's football instead of just being sitting in, in the stands on a match day. Um, finally, Dan, before we do the uh, match review section on the first screen game, let's have a little update on the uh, Unita 40R um, announcement. Obviously, last week we made the announcement, didn't we? And it, it, it's all mm. gone pretty well so far in terms of you know, getting yeah. people to join uh, Kiosk. Yeah, uh, fantastic response. Uh, we need uh, we need to sort of tally up those who have told us have joined. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiosk themselves have said over one hundred. Mm-hmm. That could be a hundred one. It could be hundred fifty. It could be hundred ninety nine. No idea. And uh, we know people are still uh, joining this week. I've I've had one or two messages myself. I know you have and whatnot. And yeah, uh, I was sort of the socials. Uh, nearly six hundred following on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, some excellent coverage on Radio Cumbria and from John mm. Coleman at the News and Star. So, uh, 
thank you to those outlets for that we've got 5,000 leaflets uh, being made right now yeah uh, because we've got Salford and Rochdale away yeah. next week which are good followings and we'll be handing them out uh, before uh, what's what's the game on the nineteenth? Swindon. Yeah, Swindon. Port Vale home game as well. Port Vale on the, on the Tuesday night. Swindon. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get some someone who's going to Colchester stand if you're out there as well. Yeah, yeah, and we're also doing like just sort of an, an informal meet and greet on a Saturday half mm. one at the rugby club. It's it's not a you know official meeting notes and all that sort of thing. It's just a come and meet. There's twelve of us. I think there's going to be about nine or ten of us in attendance from. Yeah, I, I think, think there's going to be quite yeah. a few. Yeah, there's going to be most of us. I mean, I'm 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 working till just before two, so I'll be one of the later arrivals. Unfortunately, mm. can't be helped. But you know, just come come and come and see us in the rugby club and just have a chat and tell us what you think about mm. it. Or I'll, I'll put a, I'll say I'll put you, a picture. Go on, sorry, Dan. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, if if you're thinking, oh, is this for me or not? Come and see us for ten minutes. You don't have to stay an hour or yeah, you know, five minutes. Ask questions. Tell us what you think about the trust and you know and yeah. Let let's get more and more folk in so that when we do you know, have AGMs and that, you know, there's a proper vote on things and people are, you know, answerable to their actions and you know Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when yeah. when the trust have big decisions to make, they should be coming to the, the membership and the the bigger the active membership, the more they'll have to do that. And at the end of the day it's it's your trust that have a share in our club. So mm. Join up, get involved. If you've got any skills, offer them. You know. Yeah, definitely. And like, like you say, what what I'll do is I'll I'll, I'll put a picture up on my social media on the Brunton Bugle and Unit Forty or One as well of <laughs> of us in the rugby club together, so you can see who we are. And you can come and talk to any of us if you want. You see, and that might be the best way of finding us. And like I said, we just want to chat with people about what their thoughts are on the trust, and we might, we might find out some interesting things. You know. We've all got differing opinions on, you know, what the trust should do in the future and what oh, yeah, the way yeah. forward is. But I think we all agree there needs to be change. It, it, and you know, it, it, stagnation's the word I keep using. But you know, it, 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 that's the reality of the situation. It, it's stagnated over the last few years, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I mean, anyone who thinks it's some sort of, you know attempted coup or you know a threat no we, we just want to trust that's truly representative of the fan base you know there's there's no hidden agenda or anything so get yourself yeah. down come and see us and you know we'll uh, we'll try and report as best as we can on it yeah yeah at the end of the day we, like like you said it'll be good to hear what people's views actually are because I, I, I can only give anecdotal here from but from the chats we had down at Forest Green on on Saturday, a few people. There was a lot of interest, wasn't there? Yeah, a lot of people talking about it. All in agreement that the crust, trust, trust, sorry, the crust, the, the trust, <laughs> the trust has not done enough over the, the last decade to increase its membership, to, to you know, to raise money for the club, to do all kinds of things. It it just it just plods along, and that that's well, the, that's the one, worry. One thing one thing I will add is as well, uh, we we did receive correspondence from. Hmm. The trust board invited ourselves to a a face to face meeting, but it's not about us twelve. We mm. just happen to be the folks who put our head above the parapet and said, "Come on, let's do something." You know, I mean, if it's to be a meeting, make it open. 
Yeah. His current members have been waiting months for a meeting. We don't yeah. take priority over them. Yeah, definitely. You know, absolutely. You know, I, don't, I know there's some, some members, we know there's some members are not overly happy. The, the fact that they might do something like that, they, they want you know, to talk to them as well. And yeah, and yeah. like we said, there's a few people saying, oh, you've declined to meet them. I mean, if you want to be very technical in the very most technical sense of the word, I suppose we have, but in the sense that we haven't, because we said, no, we're proposing an alternative and saying, well, the alternative is we actually come along and chat with us and we're all the new members. Or arrange an all members meeting or something like that. That's the best way to do it. Let's do it out in the open. That's yeah. no, let's not have any secrets. We have meetings. nothing to hide. All transparent yeah. and absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we'll yeah, have but... more next week after our get together. And yeah, definitely. You'll well, see. Uh... You'll see. You'll see us at the away games with uh, flyers. So yeah, come and say hello. We we won't be wearing red carnations and <laughs> Financial Times tucked under our arms and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, well, I well, think. You, you... You do like that on a midweek game, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do, you know, just, just for the Tuesday nights. Just yeah. for the Tuesday nights. Um, right, well, let's move on then, Dan. Um, it's take quite a while, the news section this week. Let's do the match review. So, uh, yeah, Forest Green, free. Carl United, nil. The unbeaten run is over. I mean, we said last week it was a reality check, but I mean, this was a different level to that, wasn't it? It was table toppers, Forest Green, showing exactly why they are runaway leaguers, leaders in League 2 and... Really putting in a commanding performance. I mean, United didn't actually even play that badly, to be fair. I mean, this is no, nowhere near the levels of the Northampton or Sutton away games in no, terms of no. performance. But we just lacked that quality that the hosts had in abundance, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it reminded me a bit of ourselves in 94, 95, how we just mm. used to pick teams apart when, when we wanted to. And, you know, I mean, we went behind an unlucky goal. We had a great view of it, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, you know. Well, we'll we'll, we'll we'll come on to that in a sec. Well, let's talk about the actual the, the little trip down then, Dan. Obviously, so we went down to the game because we both wanted to take the ground off. Basically, neither of us had been, and first opportunity we both had to go. And um, you can't do it by train for anyone who doesn't. Anyone doesn't know where it is. Well, basically, you, you can, but it's a bloody it's a seven trek. mile from Stroud. Yeah, exactly. So, so essentially, um, the ground is in a town slash village called Nailsworth. The nearest town with a train station is Stroud. Stroud's not exactly on the main lines, is it either? Really, it's a. Uh, which line would it be on? I'm not 100. percent It's um, maybe the one that goes from like Cheltenham to Swindon or Oxford or somewhere like that. I think. Yeah, it's all that. Possibly. It's 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 not a main line though. Basically, is it essentially? So, you know, getting a train's really out of the question. So you got the train to Warrington, and I picked you up from there because obviously I was driving down from Liverpool, and yeah, nice leisurely drive down we had. Um, all good fun. Um, there was obviously a bit of an accident, wasn't there, on the M- M5, which we were worried about, but that had cleared by the time we got there. Yeah, we were uh, just finishing the clearing up by the time we passed. So. Yeah. So, yeah, so now that, we managed to get ourselves down in the end for about quarter past one. And the, the journey it takes you off the M5 when you get there, there's two options. You can don't go the way that it sort of takes you on the outskirts of Stroud and then down from a southward way into, into Nailsworth at the bottom of the hill, which the ground's on. Or you can take the country winding roadway that, that takes you to the top of the hill where they, and brings you out where the ground is. We took the, the winding way, didn't we? Because Google Maps told us to go that way. And imagine basically if you, if, if you were going to watch Carlisle away at Buttermere, basically, and driving down that road <laughs> on the edge of Crummock, that's what it was like. And like passing places, basically if it one car along and had loads of passing places along the way, it was... 
absolutely bizarre, wasn't it? Never been yeah. in a game like, like it. We were expected to turn into a farm at any point, weren't we? <laughs> it, it was just strange, wasn't it? But uh, we got there in the end, yeah, we got there and we thought, well, let's let's park a good way down the hill. Um, my God, I, fair play. Mike told us it was a big hill on me for it. can't be that bad, can it? It was ridiculous, wasn't it? I think it's yeah. from, it, it's about a mile long from the bottom of the Rises about three hundred. Was it feet or meters? Three hundred feet. Yeah, it goes yeah. up. It was horrendous, basically. So we we, we parked a good two thirds down the hill, so one third up, basically. Uh, went into the town, had a pint, saw a few people from the London branch, and a few of us had a chat with them about the old unit forty or stuff. And we convinced a couple more people to sign up as well, actually, yeah. didn't we? which was yeah. good to see. Um, and then we looked at the buses, and quite ridiculously, the buses go at five past the hour, and. Forest Screen have got this weird policy now where they don't let away fans in at all, even when it's a small, like, following of two or three hundred into their gra- the the pubs at the ground anymore, do they? No. Which is just stupid, really. So all all, all, all the poor sods who were on the away travel bus had to, because the bus as well wasn't allowed to park at the ground, had to basically go into the town and walk up the hill or get a taxi or get a lift off the, the landlord at the pub, didn't they? It was... I mean, for, for all Dale Vinci's, you know, chiming on about Andrew Jenkins and not being allowed into the director's box because he was wearing a T-shirt and jeans and stuff like that, they don't exactly give a overly warm, friendly to away fans there, do they? Is it fair to say? No, it's, it's just, just, just a load of shite, the whole set-up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to beat them out of the bush. They've, they've got their eco, eco, vegan type thing, if that's the road they want to go down. Fair play. We enjoyed our sausage and chips on the walk up to the ground. <laughs> we did. You know, yeah. and... I mean, we we had to stop by the car because we, re- we realised very quickly walking up the hill and eating chips at the same time wasn't a good combination. No, no, it, no. It took us a while to get up that hill because, Mike, no. I, I think it was something like a one in ten grading, it said at the top or something. Yeah, at some was, point, some point, yeah. It was bloody awful, that was. But anyway, we got to the top, got to the ground, well in time for kickoff. Um... It's, it's a tiny little ground, actually, isn't it, to be fair? Yeah, it's, it's, it's neat size. enough. You know, two yeah. two decent terraces behind the goal, the main stand's a bit like uh, Rochdale sort of thing. Mm, a little bit smaller, isn't it, I think, but yeah. The, the side wear on, it looks like it has been just a terracing, but they've sort of put this little stand at one end. <laughs> with about two rows of seats. Two rows it? of maybe 20 seats. So let, let, let I me, suppose they're just ticking a box with it, aren't they? And let me tell you now, that covered terracing is an absolute con for an extra pound, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. It didn't even actually cover the terracing. It's it's just basically below no, where the, no. the seating bit is. What yeah. a joke. But, uh, no, not a bad little ground. Yeah, yeah, tiny little ground. I was quite impressed with it. Um, the football itself, yeah, it's just, just not, a, not a good day, was it, really, at the, at the races in, that, in terms of being outgunned, really, by a much better side. You mentioned the goals there. Done before. Start with the first one, the own goal. Yeah, uh, we we had a cracking view of it. Mm. Uh, Feeney had to put something on it. Yeah, basically, their man was in if he never. But unfortunately, when he swung for it, he sliced it and it flew past Mark Howard, who didn't really have much chance, did he? No, he didn't really. I mean, it's a hell of a ball in from Nicky Cadden, isn't it? I mean, that he was putting balls like in that for fun in the first half, wasn't he? He was, yeah. and the thing is. Joel Cena wasn't doing much that's, wrong. That's that's Nicky Cadden who I recommended we signed about five years ago, by yeah, the way. And we're going to keep saying that forever and ever, yeah. aren't we? But yeah, but I mean, Joel Cena didn't do much wrong, did he, to be fair? No, no, no. He, he didn't He didn't give him a huge amount of space, but he, he only needs a yard and he just whips the ball in. He, 
Really, really great. Like I said to you tonight, he reminded me when we had Danny Granger. And he, I mean, he didn't have the, quite the pace maybe that Cadden's got, but his ability to whip in the ball was very similar, if not better, actually, Granger, to be fair. Um, but yeah, like I said, didn't have much choice because Stevens was going to tap into the empty net if he didn't go for it. And it just, just the pace on it caught him out, really. So that's the way it is. But I mean, at that point, actually, we were, we were sort of getting into the game. And even after the goal, we looked lively. We had a few chances. But... Well, we went in one down at half time and we weren't out of it, were we? No, no, we certainly weren't. I mean, we would have had to have picked up to improve, but we weren't out of it. But, and just before they got the second, we were sort of saying, we need some subs here. We need, we need yeah. to do something different. Yeah, because the, the start of the second half, they came out flying again, didn't they? They, they, yeah. they were getting really on top and... I said to you, it's not sticking up front, and we'll come on to that again, sadly, in a minute. And and you could just see it coming, and we, we went on it. We went on the attack and got caught out, and Forest Green got away on the counter-attack, didn't they? And Jack Armour was caught probably a bit too far up the pitch, to be honest, especially as the ball came from the right wing as well. I'm not sure why he was so high up the pitch. I'd have to look back at the actual full game to have an idea, but... Jake Young for them had a, an absolute acre of space on down the right wing. Uh, got into the box and maybe got a little bit easily past McDonald. But it's one of those ones. Armour's coming in at the same time. He's sort of trotting in, and I don't know if Armour's think if McDonald's thinking Armour's going to go for it. But they both just seem to almost like leave him, and he goes past them. And guy slides in to try and block it, but Stevens gets the pass and buries it in the back of the net, and that's his nineteenth goal of the season for them. And that's that's the difference, isn't it? Really, they've got two strikers who can put the ball in the net, which brings us on nicely to goal number three. Um, the game was well and truly gone at this point, but quick bit of interplay on the edge of the box. I think Aitchinson played in Matt, who made pretty much no mistake that he had, Howard had no chance of stopping that shot that he hit really hard and low. And that was it. That was over. I mean, they were able to take Jamil Matt off three minutes after that because they knew the game was done and they didn't really have to waste any more energy on him. So just to... He felt he felt a bit flat afterwards because you, you feel we've been playing really well and we've been getting results, but it was just a really good indicator of how far we've got to go, isn't it? Really, I think yeah, that's fair to yeah. say. That's the thing. I mean, I put it a long way to go. I mean, a lot in all senses of that phrase, it was a long way for us to go down and not bring anything back, but also just shows that we've got a long way to go before we reach the sort of level that Forest Green are at, which is sad because just over what well, yeah, pretty much twelve months ago, we were at that level. And, and look at us now what shows the difference a year can make really yeah um, but there's no point in making it into a crisis is there really we've, we've been no. on a good run we've come up against the, the best team in the league I mean both games we've seen this season they've been the best team I've seen and we'll, no we'll be better teams than us we'll get beat there this season yeah absolutely absolutely um, let's talk some of the talking points Dan uh, you might have a couple more to add to these but <sighs> I feel bad because it feels like we're sort of picking on him each week, but I've got to say it again. Amatoy is just not getting up to speed yet. Um, yeah. We sound a bit like a broken record, but another game goes by where he, he's failed to make a real impact and cannot fault the lad's work, right? You know, he, he works hard, but he's getting bullied by defenders far too easily. And I think he had his first shot in this game, but it was a pretty tame one, I think, that the keeper... Set. I think it might have been blocked actually by a defender. I'm not sure. It's hard to tell down the far end, but that is some total over the four games. He doesn't look like he's going to score goals. 
and he, he played it was a different formation this game wasn't it we played sort of 4-2-3-1 with Patrick sticking to the left and then Gibson and Dickinson sort of interchanged from the right to the attacking midfielder role didn't they I think and Omotoy was a little bit isolated in that sense but if you're going to play that role you've, you've got to show yourself capable of holding up the ball and bringing players into play and he never really gave the impression he was going to do that that was the problem yeah it's I'd rest him this week yeah uh, I'd look at mixing it up a little bit uh, you know I mean Sam Fishburne came on who we sort of said he's playing ahead of his time sort of thing he's, he's not ready but I'd have more confidence in Fishburne than Omatoy, to be quite honest. To be honest, for me... I mean, that's, that's, that's not slagging Omatoy off, you know. He's, he's, he seems a nice lad, he's trying. But but we've not seen it, have we? I mean, to be honest, I'd start Alessandra, personally. I think yeah, he looked yeah. decent when he came on. He was unlucky not to actually score. He did really well to get on the end of a cross from the right, and he just sort of scooped it onto the roof of the net, didn't he? There's not much he could have done, really. Um. But yeah, I, I just I, just, I can't see him starting at the weekend. I think I'd, I'd imagine Keith was probably hoping he would have got a striker in in time for this weekend's game. To I'd love us to get a striker in tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean it would have to be before but, midday tomorrow, yeah. wouldn't it? I think to for them to be able to play. But yeah, yeah it just it, I mean to be fair, I mean, in sense we're not picking him on it. He wasn't the only one who didn't really perform to the good enough level. I think Dickinson himself admitted didn't he he wasn't good enough, and you know he needs to be a lot better than he was and. Yeah, guy, yeah. guy was a bit quiet. It was interesting. We, you went on the fans forum after the game, didn't you? And we were listening to what they were saying before you were about to go on air. And a lot of people slagging off Mellish. The consensus around us generally was that Mellish did actually did okay. And, he, and to be fair, he was one of the few actually offering us a bit of drive going forward. He wasn't perfect, but he offered something at the very least. But. I still think I'd like to see him maybe playing a bit more further forward and up front again, maybe. And that's where his, his role really lies in the future. But there you go. Let's talk about um, one of your favourite points here then, Dan. Next, I've got subs and set pieces. Go on, do you want to, have a, do you want, do you want to talk about subs? Because I know it annoys you. Yeah, it's just... Uh, the, we sort of... The consensus where we were stood and was like, if we're going to make changes, make them now while it's still 1-0... And, you know, we maybe won't get some, but at least we can have a go. And then the second went in and then the subs came at 2-0. It's, it's a hell of a different... You you, you know, it's it's gone, hasn't it, really? Well, we were but, actually even saying at half-time, weren't we, that maybe Omotoy for Alessandro wouldn't have been a bad move at that point to get the ball to stick yeah, a yeah. little bit more. That's what we thought. And then you could bring Fishburne on later on, maybe with like 20 minutes to go to, to really yeah. have a go at them. I mean, Clough coming on, Clough coming on was just literally to get ten minutes into him. Nothing yeah, else. It must must have been really. Cause... You know that that was yeah. Poor, poor Joe Riley. I mean, as as he ran over Keith Millen's cat in the car park. Yeah, he just doesn't seem. He seems very reluctant. Oh, to does change. he just not fancy him? Or you know, he's. I mean, he's surely fit now. He's been on the bench for uh, two or three games now. He, he seems to. I don't know what it is. He just seems to want to stick with the midfield too, doesn't he? Of of Guy and Mellish yeah. and, or, or even Whelan as he's used before and we're we're yeah. every fan's in agreement Guy and Mellish just doesn't work as a midfield too there's there's not enough yeah. in there really there needs to be something else and I'd like to see Riley play at the weekend I don't think he will to be honest I think he'll probably stick with more or less what he's done and maybe tweak it and attack but unless he maybe, maybe pushes Whelan back forward. in 
Possibly, possibly. Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, the first sub was until 68 minutes. I said 52 minutes is when we, you know, we, we conceded the second goal. I yeah, that's yeah. the point where he should have been making a change to try and freshen up quickly and get us going again. And yeah. it, 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 it was a similar thing with Beach, too slow to make changes. I know, yeah, you're not mm. going to make changes on 45 and 50 minutes every single week because if you do that every week, you look a bit desperate. But in a situation like that, when you're behind, be proactive, make the change. Yeah, but I know yeah. there was maybe also the thinking that you know the game has gone at two 0 hasn't it? Possibly, you but know. then then if that's the case. Get Clough on and get get Riley on and get people like that on and get them minutes in their legs because they've not got minutes in their legs right now. If the game's gone at that point, you you might as well <laughs> you might as well have a go. But uh, there you go. Um, the, the other point I've put, I mean, like I said, set pieces just totally waste them again. It's really frustrating because actually Dickinson took a great corner against Crawley to set up the, the equaliser. He's taken a good, couple of good free quicks lately. The corners today, it just seemed to be a mishmash and Guy seems to be taking them all and nothing was really coming to them and it's like we, he, he's desperately trying to play himself back into the form he had with corners last season and maybe having someone like Simeo in the box might help us really because he looks like a lad who can really get in there and you know ruffle a few attackers and, and defenders and, and go for headers. But it just feels to me like we just we don't really have a plan on them. I mean, that free kick just before half-time, by the way. My word, that was... Yeah. If anyone, you you probably won't have seen him because you'd have been listening, but basically we had a free kick on the left and good position basically for Dickinson to just whip one in really, wasn't it? He'd possibly even have a go at goal. And he peeled off and then Guy went and played a pass to play him down the wing and it was a combination of Dickinson being a little bit on his heels, but mostly just a dreadful pass by Guy and he went straight out for a goal kick. Literally on the yeah. half-time break as well, and there could have been a chance to get us back in the game. And it, it was, it, it was literally one of them where the home crowd were like, "Whoa!" It was that like, bad. You're embarrassed by are you? But there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. A few other points before we move on to the second half, Dan. Um, as you mentioned there, Zach Clough returning from injury, not massive impact in his ten minutes. A couple of niggly fouls given away, and then there was that one chance. Actually, we did really well on the edge of the box, beat two men, and then he did, just didn't take a shot, and, just, and you, we were screamed, "Shoot! Shoot!" And he took another touch and got tackled. And you like, oh, that, that's where the issue is. There's confidence. These players need some of these players need confidence, don't they? A confident Zach Young, Zach Young, so Zach Clough, at that point, doesn't take that extra touch, does he? He just hits it. But we're not yeah. seeing that. But there you go. Um, yeah. Never mind. Dust down. Go again yeah. this week. And bright performances. Joel Senior and, and Amari Patrick both played pretty well, didn't they? Senior, especially going forward, looks lively. And Patrick. It got away a few times, but just didn't have the option in the box. <laughs> and you can see yeah, he was frustrated yeah. by it, couldn't you? So, so there you go. But yeah, like I said, dust yourself down, get on to two games in a row, chance to get points back on the board and start moving up the table. And uh, we'll be back to discuss the upcoming games against Sutton and Salford just after this break. Back into part two of the show. Just a reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast on all good podcast apps, whether it's Apple Podcast, 
Google Podcasts, Spotify, Acast. Just click subscribe and every time a new episode comes out, it'll go straight into your podcast app. Um, yeah, and you can also, if you can review us on any of those. I know Spotify do reviews now, so it'd be great if any. And I know a lot of our listeners are on Spotify, so if you want to give us a nice five-star rating on Spotify, that would be lovely stuff. Um, and again, you can follow us on social media at Brunton Bugle on Twitter. Search for the Brunton Bugle on Facebook. Um, we're also on the Be Just Unfair Not uh, Facebook group as well, and we're on the Cummins.net message board and the email address if you want to contact us that way is bruntabugle at gmail.com um, as usual the second half of the show this season has been sponsored by the Cal United Sports Club London Branch the London Branch is open to all Cal United fans they've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston to Singapore and of course every part of London and the South East they regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events and sports games and also do a lot of fundraising for the club they'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too you can find out more about london branch at their website carlalondonbranch.org and uh, this week's pub of choice for the away game at salford is the friendship inn on skulls lane in prestwich that's m25 opd um i know for one thing this Salford game is gonna be a bit of a nightmare because public transport He's not great around the ground, is he? I think it's about half an hour walk from the nearest metro station or something like that. Yeah. Rail- it's, uh... Railway is just a, a no-go, isn't it, I think, basically. So, yeah. So there you go. Uh, we, we haven't got any behind enemy lines bit this week. I just haven't had time to, to arrange and record it, I'm afraid. <laughs> just it's one of those weeks. So uh, we'll hopefully have that back uh, for the Rochdale away game. It'll be good to catch up on We've, them, we've never found a Salford fan yet anywhere, have we? So. Oh, we've really struggled. We had a certain fan at the start of the season. He was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we did a full special on them, didn't we? Because we'd never played them before. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah so um, we'll be we'll be catching up with a Rochdale fan at some point next week. I'm sure about that. I'll get that sorted. Um, so let's get on to the games, Dan. Uh, first up, uh, Sutton United this weekend. Um, referee for this game is Darren Handley from Lancashire. It's his sixth season as an EFL referee. It's an interesting one, though. I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, he's taken charge of just three games so far this season, handing out 10 yellow cards and one red card. He didn't referee a single game in the 2021 20, season. He also, I think, missed possibly the 18 19 season, too. So it's interesting one. He just seems to have missed a couple of seasons. I don't know if he's had a couple of injuries or something like that, possibly, but you don't see that very often with referees, do you? I did double check to see whether he'd been like a, a lap because you can find out if he's been a linesman at games as well. But no, he hasn't for some reason. So interesting one. Uh, the last game he took charge of for United was the thrilling four-three FA Cup third-round replay defeat to Cardiff City in January 2020. That was the game where Harry McCurdy came on as a sub, didn't he? I think and tore Cardiff apart for the best part of half an hour or something like that, wasn't it? I think. Did you? Did you go to that game? I didn't go to. it. I remember listening to it on the radio. Which game was that? Sorry, I was just googling his name there while you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it was the Cardiff City uh, FA Cup replay a couple of seasons. No, ago. I couldn't do that one. I couldn't do that one myself. So yeah. I just remember being annoyed. Yeah. I felt it should have been a game that was on on you know the they all show replay live on TV, don't they? They didn't pick that one, which always wound me up, especially after how good a game it was in the end. Um, and his assistants are Simon Clayton and Bradley Hall, and fourth official is Paul Newhouse. Uh, Head-to-head, we played them once and we've lost. Let's not talk about that game ever again. <laughs> Last season, of course, they were the National League champions, uh, promoted to the EFL for the first time. And this season, I, I don't think anyone saw this coming, did they, Dan? I think everyone thought they were going to struggle, but they're in fourth place on 44 points from 26 Absolutely games. Flying. 16 positions and 17 points ahead of United, which should really shame the United board 
when they look at that because they've not made major changes to their squad either since coming up. They've added a few players here and there, but they've generally stuck with the, the players that got them up from the National League. Um, their manager is Matt Gray. He was appointed in April 2019. Not sure how long a contract length he's got. I think he had it extended when they got promoted. But weirdly, it's one of these things some clubs do now. They don't actually announce how long it is, which is very weird. Um, um, Sutton was actually the first club he managed. He'd been assistant manager at Eastleigh and then also at Aldershot Town and Crawley Town in the Football League. You really can't underestimate what an incredible job he's done though, can you? At the South London Club. No, it's just, I mean... When the hammer dust down there, that, I think that was a little bit of a turning point for them. Mm. They were sort of, yeah, we can do it, you know. I mean, they, they, if, they, if they'd won by eight or nine that day, wouldn't he wouldn't have flattered them in the slightest? They were, no, not at all. They not were at all. Streets ahead of us in the way they played. I remember going on the fans forum after the game, and I, I think that's probably the most annoyed I've been on the fans forum. That's it this season. He, he was, it was just, it was dire. There was no game plan at all. It was just awful to watch. And and like I said, they were fantastic. And I think he, he took over from club legend Paul Dowsell, uh, like I said, about just over three years ago now. Or just under three years ago, sorry. And I, I think he, he did a brilliant job, Dowsell, to get them up to the National League and keep them up there. And obviously that famous FA Cup tie against uh, Arsenal, didn't they, with the, the goalkeeping coach eating the pie on the bench and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But... Like the job he's done to professionalise them even further and get them into a league is, is is terrific. And following up that title winning campaign potentially with a second promotion in a row would would be one hell of an achievement, really. I think again, it, it just it just goes to show again that there isn't a gap between sort of top half of national league and yeah. league two these days. I think, I think that you know, big... bo- bo- bottom half of national league, yeah, but yeah, you know, there's certainly the top twelve or fourteen teams. Yeah, can give a lot of the lead two game teams a, a good game, can't they? Um, last time out, they drew nil nil at against fellow uh, promotion contenders Northampton Town at Gander Green Lane, and that was despite the fact that they spent the last ten minutes with just ten men. So last sixteen minutes with ten men. Um, you know, in the form table, they currently sit sit fourth. I think one place ahead of United in the last six games form table record of. Drawn, 1-1, one, one, drawn, 1-drawn. One, drawn. So they're doing pretty well in the last six games. Yeah. Quick look through the squad, Dan. Um, there's not a lot of game games, sorry, not, not a lot of names that shout out. Clear Gaysman's a standout. Yeah, ex-Arsenal youth, isn't he? I think he was at Colchester for quite a bit as well. He's their and his captain. red card from last week has been overturned. He has indeed, so that's that's good news for them, so, having the captain available. Yeah. But, I mean, Harry Beautyman, yeah. I think he's, he's played a bit in the Football League as well. But yeah, there's there's one or two Bennett's obviously, yeah. uh, but no, it's 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 mainly a a team that's come from non-league and b most of the players that came up with them. I, I did read an interview the other week. Yeah. Uh, no, it was this week actually before the <clears throat> Peter Trophy, uh, um, <laughs> uh, saying that you know they, they didn't have much time because of how they came up and yeah. that they. Uh, literally you know by the time they came up it was literally you know right we've got this squad we'll add a couple if we can and just see how we go and sort of assess ourselves in january well it's gone all right hasn't it yeah i think getting the young striker they had on loan from wilmot millwall last season isaac olafei 
back on loan has been a big bonus as well because he was fantastic for them last yeah, season. Yeah. I think he played a big part in them going up. And but, but a club, a club like Sutton, are superbly sort of situated for getting players from Charlton, Millwall, Palace. You yeah. know, I mean, if if they can get one player from each of those three, that's yeah. you know that's. But he, he's the only player they've got on loan. To be fair, I'm looking through the squad. He's the only one they've yeah, got on yeah. loan. So shows you don't have to pack your squad with loan players. You know you can get some decent quality in there. I mean, you mentioned Richie Bennett there. You know, I'd imagine Richie probably looked over the last couple of years and thought, well, my chances of playing in the football league are probably quite limited for the rest of my career. Now, you know, might, might as well make it a good fist of it in the, in the national league. He got let go by Stockport. And look where he's turned up at Sutton. And, you know, he's not played that much, but he's he's played a role. He's, he's scored the odd goal here and there. So He's always in the 18, isn't he? I think it's yeah. fair to say. I think they often use him as a sub and throw him on late on, but he doesn't seem to Yeah, impact, impact sub. Yeah, and I, I always like Richie, to be honest. I think he's a player we never really got the best out of him, but I think he's, you know, he's a useful enough um, player when you when you need him. And, uh, yeah, he's we've done had, really well. We've had, we've had plenty worse. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's times that even looking like you know, this season, it looked at it and thought, we could have done with someone like him to be able to throw on <laughs> and cause a bit of nuisance in games and be a target man almost. I know he wasn't, he never really was a target man in that sense, was he? It's interesting because when, when we signed him from Barrow, he'd actually mostly played on the left of a front three at Barrow, hadn't he? He never played really down the yeah, middle for yeah. them. So we, we, we decided to use him as a sort of striker target man and never really worked out in that role. Um, yeah, so it's... it's Pretty pretty solid squad, and you know, like I said, they've all those players have stepped up and shown they're capable of playing a football league level. Only with a little bit of interesting news about them, I've got is that um, you don't you won't want me to mention it down, but the one tie away from the Wembley final after reaching the semi finals of the uh, the trophy, we don't talk about. Um, thing, thing is, with with a club like Sutton, they don't have the attachment to the trophy. You know what? I was thinking this before, actually, as well. I think that these clubs that come up from the non-league, except maybe like yeah, even even Hartlepool, yeah, they're in the semis as well, aren't they? They look at it and think this is a chance to get to work. They, they they don't really concern themselves about the politics of it as much, do they? Hartlepool should know about it. But they should. They should. So, but... Certainly, a Sutton or a Barrow type team who you know haven't played in the trophy. Mm. It's it's just another tournament to them and. I do kind of get that a little bit, you know. They're just they're just playing in what they're told to play in, but yeah. you never catch me going. No, certainly not me neither. Um, well, before we go on to talk about the solve a bit, let's talk about our United because this is the first game that we played. So we might as well talk about how United all line up and stuff like that for this game. Uh, in terms of injuries, obviously Kelvin Miller looks like he's going to be out for a while. Uh, still waiting for news on Gimme Tori's return to fitness. Um, <laughs> and as you said last week, where where for art though, Lucas Jensen. Presume he's gone back. He must have done. Someone needs to ask someone. About bloody that. announce it then. <laughs> I know it's driving you mad. <laughs> bloody hell, it's driving you mad. Uh, Fishburne and Clough did return last weekend, though, so that's good news. Two more bodies in the squad. Um, yeah, in, in, in terms of we mentioned before, out on loan, four players: uh, Abraham's, Charters, Bell, and Dixon. I think only of them only really Abraham's and Charters were very really challenging the first team squad, weren't they? Yeah. Anyway, so. But it, it does make the squad start to look a bit thinner. I think the only player who's sort of missing out at the moment is Mampala, maybe, of the of the current 18, possibly. Obviously, I think it'll be different it now with would, Simeo coming in, but yeah. It wouldn't be a surprise if Mampala went, would it? 
No, not really. To he's not challenging for a first team place, and he's one no, of those ones. No. I know a lot. A lot of people seem to get excited about him in preseason. It, it just struck me as one of those ones that you're going to sign him. He'll be gone in twelve months. <laughs> but there you go. You take gambles, don't you? I suppose. Um, a, a Sammy and Nabby. Yes, free Sammy and Nabby, as the uh, the chant went. Um, yeah, in terms of the starting lineup, you'd imagine Simi is going to come in. Probably, I'd imagine Morgan Feeney might be the unlucky one. To drop out, uh, which, I, which I think's a little bit un, unlucky on Feeney. It's unlucky, but, but his, his form's dropped a tiny people, bit. Last pe- few people, games. people say he scored an own goal and he was at fault for the goal against uh, Thingy. Probably, yeah. But yeah. yeah, just 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 bad luck sometimes, isn't it? Some sometimes mm. that will happen. Then we might be McDonald. You never know. I'd we'd we'll have to wait and see what happens at the weekend. Um, got to be a change up front though, as well, hasn't there? Surely they've got to freshen that up a little bit. What would yeah. you do? I would go four three three. Okay. Try and get the best uh, out of Gibson, uh, Patrick. Yeah. I would play Patrick and Gibson as the wide men in the mm-hmm. three. Uh, that leaves a problem. I'd probably start Alessandra. Yeah, I'd start Alessandra on the middle definitely, and, and I think he links and it hope well. that he he could bring in Patrick and Gibson because they both like to come in. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But then, uh, then what you can do. You can get John Mellish playing a similar role to what he did last season. Well, you, you could have Mellish running about in front of either Guy and Riley or Guy and Whelan, couldn't you? Well, because Alessandro likes to drop deep anyway, doesn't he? So that gives gives Mellish a bit more yeah. freedom to push forward. And like I said, I put I put Guy I I put Guy and Riley in there. I know you probably put Guy and Whelan, yeah. but I put Guy and Riley. Try and re, try and recapture a little bit of last season, maybe. But uh, but yeah, I feel I feel like there needs to be some. I think that your defense in Keeper, there's no major issues there at the moment, but midfield and attack does need a bit of a freshening up. I think it's fair to say. Okay, then Dan, um, I was going to say we're going to the predictions, but actually let's let, let's go into the soulful one. We'll do the predictions together because I imagine Mike sent his in one go. I did ask for both this time, so with any luck, he's actually remembered to to predict <laughs> both games rather than just one as he did the other time. Um, yeah, so this is our first. Visit as fans to Moore Lane, aka the Peninsula Stadium, for to United play Salford City on Tuesday, the first of February. Referee for this game, Simon Mather from Greater Manchester. It's his first season mm. as an EFL referee. Mm, hang on, Greater yeah. Manchester referee at Salford. Well, he's a Manche- Manchester referee. Referee, I'm presuming that counts Salford as yeah. well. I'm guessing, but but I suppose it can't be helped. He's going to have to referee them at some point. Um, He's taken charge of 19 games so far this season, handing out 82 yellow cards and seven red cards. Four, four a game and a red card every one in three, roughly. Yeah. That's and some good. And his last, guess what the last game he took charge of for United I've was? just looked. Sutton United. Sutton United away, 4-0 defeat, where he sent off Manny Mampala. He was right to send him off, to be fair. It was not a good <laughs> challenge, that one, from what I remember. Nah. No. But um, but yes, that, that's that's an interesting one. He's he's, he's very card happy, so probably be good to put in a disciplined performance in this game. I think it's fair to say. But hey, we'll be back by eleven hundred Blues fans, and you know they're only getting crowds of thirteen hundred for games like this, aren't they? So pretty much half the crowd's going to be United supporters, and with any luck, they'll be able to cheering them on to a victory at the end of the uh, evening. Head to head record, we've only played them four <laughs> times, one two, drawn two. That'll do me just fine. Let's keep it that way, eh? Let's keep it with uh, yeah. zero in the Salford column. Last season, uh, they finished eighth in League Two, missing out on a playoff place by two points. 
their current position <laughs> ninth on 37 points. They're 11 positions and 10 points They're ahead. So United, inconsistent, aren't they? Having played a game more, they are. I mean, the start of the season, they were awful. I mean, it genuinely looked like they were going to get dragged into a relegation battle at one point, didn't it? There was real concerns for them. I think that you know they'd they'd probably cut back too much because obviously they've they, they spent quite a bit in the last few seasons, didn't they? And it didn't work, and they've gone down a slightly different path. Not saying they're doing it on the cheap, but not as quite as extravagant as it's been in previous years. But it seems to settle down a little bit recently. Uh, the man at the helm is Gary Bowyer. He was a, it's weird this one. He was originally appointed in March 2021 on a, a loan deal, effectively from Derby County. They didn't pay a transfer or like a compensation thing to Derby for him to come in, but they agreed to cover his wages for that time, basically till the end of the season for like two months after Richie Wellens was sacked. Um, he then returned to Derby on. The second, the tenth of May, only two days later to be reappointed as manager of Salford City. The rumor was that they actually were trying to get Mickey Mellon in as manager, is what I heard. And Tranmere nipped in and got him back first, yeah. which look, looks a brilliant bit of business by Tranmere. Now you know what they're flying this season. Yeah. Their defensive record's outrageous, isn't it? I know, incredible. I know. Um, but he's, he signed a two-year deal with them, so he's under contract until the summer of twenty twenty-three. He's quite a sort of Solid manager for this level, isn't he? Really, bit of success with Blackpool. Did, did okay at Bradford. You know, Blackburn Rovers is one where you know he was thrown into the deep end there, wasn't he? Having been under twenty three coach and did a good job to stabilise them in the championship, didn't he? While he was Gaffer at Ewood Park. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those ones you look and you think it's a fairly sensible appointment after the disaster that was Richie Wellington. I don't know if you've seen the uh, class of ninety two update, the most recent one. No, I've seen, I haven't seen the most recent. I've, I've seen bits of it. Richie Wellens doesn't come across very well in it. You'll be surprised. <laughs> One of those ones you're watching, you think, he's not getting a job in football for a while after this. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go. But yeah, a bit, bit of pedigree. It's lovely. He won the playoffs with Blackpool in uh, 2017. That, oh, that brings back bad memories, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Of us failing in the playoffs that season. Yeah. But there you go. Um, yeah, last time out. 2-0 win at Struggling Barrow, which you'll be pleased to hear, Dan, yeah. uh, in midweek, thanks to goals from Ashley I Hunter. Watched, I watched the highlights of this game. Mm. Wasn't much of a game. No, I'm guessing. Two bad, bad teams, I thought. Yeah, Ashley Hunter scored um, the opener, and the second was a Romeo Hutton own goal. Mm. Um, yeah, in the form table, they sit 10th in the last six games, with record of one draw and lost, one lost, one. Interesting that 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 loss before the Bradford game was a three 0 defeat at Colchester at home to Colchester. Yeah, sorry, at uh, home to Colchester even worse. Which isn't is it? What, which is what I mean about they're just so inconsistent. Mm. They'll, they'll they'll do that. They'll lose at home, then they'll go and win away. They, yeah. If if there's not many people follow them at home and away. I mean, they only had fifty odd at Barrow the other night, mm. but Christ, it must be frustrating watching them. Oh, definitely. I mean, let's talk about the squad then, Dan. I mean. Looking through it, I mean, in the summer they lost. Um, what, what's the name of the lad? I went to Ipswich Town, the goalkeeper, Kaladi, something like that. Kaladi, yeah, yeah, I can't remember yeah. his called the, the Czech goalkeeper. Basically, went to Ipswich, who is barely featured at Ipswich, actually, from what I can yeah. gather. Um, replaced him with Tom King from Newport. He's not not one I've been overly impressed with, to be honest. It's a, a solid enough keeper at our level, but not one that would you know I would have been like, oh, I'm so glad we've signed him if we signed him. Basically. Yeah, yeah. 
famously scored a goal though, didn't he, for Newport against Cheltenham with a, a long kick from his goal. Um, the, the, the backup keeper is a young lad from Altrincham who's you know not even played a first team game for Salford yet, so not a massive amount of cover in that area. Um, some of the interesting players in there though, Dan. I mean, Ashley, he's he's still an ex-blue. Yeah. Features occasionally in the one game, one game wonder, wasn't he? He was, but he's, he's yeah. made a decent career of it since then, hasn't he? Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, Ibu Tude, yes. being on international duty with Gambia. Well, he's playing in the uh, AFCON quarterfinals yeah. this weekend against the hosts, Cameroon, as well. So, yeah. obviously, if they lose that game, he'll be coming back and probably be able to feature in, in the match. Um, I would imagine it'll depend on when they, they fly home and that it'll be 50-50, won't it? Well, and I'm sure I've seen some of a player in the last week or so, I think in the Premier League at least, definitely... Basically, like two or three days after they got knocked out, was playing in a league fixture. So, yeah, I suppose it's one of those ones in the current climate. They just want to get players back as quickly as possible. Yeah, they, yeah. Really. Um, yeah, he could play. Donald Love's one who was Man United a few years ago, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, just looking through here. Mat- is Matty Willocks, the uh, Callum's brother, isn't it? The lesser of the Willock lads, isn't he? Mm. He was at Man United there's for a, a bit. There's, I think, there's three of them, isn't there? Yeah, this is this, this, Joe who's at Newcastle. Joe's who's at Newcastle. Arsenal. Callum's at Gillingham, I think maybe. Yeah, and obviously Matty's the one at Salford. So um, yeah, cause I think they've put they've both they've been at Man United and Arsenal. The two of them, I think Callum was at Man United, possibly or was at Matty. Mm. One of the two, anyway. Um, Josh Morris, former Loney. Yeah, uh, he's, he's made had a good career out of himself as well yeah. recently. Um, in you attack, know, the, the attack they are they are quite strong up front, you know. Hunter McAlaney. Henderson is not doing as much now, is he? No, I mean he must. Is he nearly forty now? Possibly. I don't know how old he is. He's getting on certainly. Um, some interesting signings in the transfer window already, though. Dan. Mm. Um, I mean, That's a good good the, deal. What, I mean, first first of all, you look at that and you think that they're clearly splashing some money there because there's no way he's dropping to League Two from Millwall. Yeah, he's he's been, yeah. still being playing the odd game here and there. For, for you, you know, for peanuts, is he? No, no. Which is it's baffling because you look at it; they, they get crowds of what fifteen hundred, and they're not expensive tickets either. Which you know, yeah, full credit to them, but they're not exactly bringing in money, are they? So you know, they're clearly being bankrolled to quite a, an extent. And it's not that it's not the class of ninety two who are really bankrolling, are they? They're more like a, you know, the the, the PR image side of it. Yeah, really. it's, yeah. it's the lad who was uh, he owns Valencia's, wasn't he? Peter Lynn, yeah. I think. Yeah, he puts a bit of money in. Very rich man. Mm, very rich man indeed. Um, yeah, so it, you know Matt Smith's an interesting one. Stephen Kelly's one that we were linked with, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah I think it was maybe just our name was put in there. Uh, as it often is with players from north of the border, given our mm. location. Yeah, so he's on loan from the Rangers. Yeah, and, um, and Ryan yeah. Watson from Tranmere. Yeah, interesting one. He, he's he was Northampton, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah that's interesting. But I'd say Conor McLean, as you mentioned before, as well, another player in the squad that I really like as well. And yeah, um, yeah they, 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 there's still quality in there, even though they they have sort of stripped it back a little bit. They've still yeah. got quality in attack, especially. I, I think, think I, I do think they'll sneak into the playoffs. I think they'll bring a couple more in. Yeah, I think they've got enough quality. and They've got that yeah. little, little bit of momentum, even with the odd duff result here and there. Yeah, yeah. Like they won't challenge top three, but. They'll, they'll sneak in because you, you can. There's always one or two teams that sort of drop off from the playoffs, aren't they? And 
bold prediction here. I think Swindon might be one of the teams that drop off because they've just lost Tyree Simpson, haven't they? Yes. He's gone back yeah. to, um, where was he on loan from? If he switched somewhere like that, I think. Uh, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a surprise to see someone come in for old Harry. Possibly, yeah. He's on an extended deal now, isn't he? Um, yeah. But yes, I think Simpson's gone out on loan to someone else now instead. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they've lost one there possibly. That might hit hit them a little bit. It always seems to happen, doesn't it? Um, well, we, 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 we know it happens because we saw it last season, didn't we? Yeah, all? Yeah. It can go tits up quite quickly. Um, potentially our first ever, first and last ever visit with fans to Moor Lane, isn't it? We've discussed this yeah. before, but it looks like they're going to move at the end of the season and do a swap deal on grounds with the Rugby League side. So anyone who's ever been down to the uh, Trafford Centre for a bit of shopping on the uh, the M60, the, the motorway ring road around Manchester, they'll have probably spotted the the AJ Bell Stadium, won't they? It's it's, it's hard to miss. It's a, it's a good 10, 12,000 seat, I think, something like that, right by the motorway. I don't know why Salford need it. Well, it, it, it's a weird one. I think they're mm. looking at it and thinking, one of the problems at the moment is that with Salford, it's not close to public transport, but at the same time, there's not many options in terms of parking, is there? No. And no. Salford's a big, big city and spread off over quite a big area. So actually having a ground where you could drive to it and park up probably helps them a little bit maybe yeah, to yeah. increase the crowd slightly. But I mean, the Rugby League side have struggled to fill out, haven't they? So Do you know something? I've no never guarantee. been to Trafford Centre. Have you never been to Trafford Centre? Never been to Trafford oh, Centre. Well. No. I've only been a couple of times to be fair. But uh, Me- Metro Centre loyal. <laughs> of course. Well, no. <laughs> Me- most people in company probably be the same way. They're going to get to. But uh but yeah, there you go. So that's Salford City. Um, be an interesting one to see how it goes, won't it? Really, it's a, be good to have a nice big following there as well. Especially, I always enjoy that with uh, Carl yeah. away, don't you? Um, yeah. Right, let's do predictions then, Dan. Uh, let's get yours first for both games. I want to go for a two-one win over Sutton mm-hmm. with goals from Gibson's due a little return to form yep. and Alessandra. Yeah, and then Salford, I think reeks of a one-all draw yeah I think it'll be a late equaliser in the 87th minute and the away end will go bananas and it will be scored by John Mellish okay well I'm going to go I was going to go the way around but I'm going to go similar I'm going to go I'm going to go for a 2-0 win over Sutton uh, and I think there'll be goals from Alessandra and Patrick for that one and then I'm going to go for a one. No, I'm going to go for a two-two draw with Salford, with goals from Mellish, and like you, I think we're going to have a late equaliser. But I think it's going to be Danel Samu. I think he's going to get, he's going to <laughs> leap for a, a corner hero. and just you know barge it in and just be celebrated with the away fans. Instant cold hero. On the, if Simu scores, we're on the pitch. That's what the chance will be, <laughs> and he'll score, and there'll be a pitch invasion. You've heard it here first, and if it happens, yeah. it's not my fault. Let me not take the blame for that <laughs> right now because I know the club aren't happy with those things. But yeah. Right, uh, let's have Mike's predictions then. So I'm going to go for a one-all draw against Sutton with Mellish getting our goal and I'm going to go for a 2-0 win against Salford with Zach Clough and Jordan Gibson getting our goals. Mm, very mm. bold to think the, the uh, Clough's going to play in the mm. game, to be fair. Um Interesting to see if that happens. Yeah. Uh, well, so he's gone for a, a, a 2 0 win at Salford. Very confident. You know what? If you put all our predictions together at the end of the season and look what the table would have been, 
<laughs> we'd be run away leaders oh, yeah, in League yeah. Two, wouldn't we? Well, we're, not, we're never going to say we're going to get beat, are we? I think I've done it once this season, possibly, yeah. I think, for a game. I think it might be the Forest Green game, actually. I think yeah, I predicted yeah. to lose that one. But, um, but yeah, there you go. Right, let's get on to the X-Files section, Dan. A bit, quite a busy one, actually, in terms of, especially in transfers this week, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, goals and cards first. Uh, Tom Lawrence scored a late penalty in Derby's 2-1 East Midlands Derby loss at Forest. He's also been linked with Newcastle at the moment. Not a bad cheap option, is it, really? You think getting for a million yeah. pounds or something, you know, he'd do a job till the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, Cole Stockton scored the winner. Morecambe's 3-2 win over Wickham. He's now the second top scorer in League One behind Sunderland's Ross Stewart on 17 goals. It's incredible, isn't it, really? Fair play to the lad. The way he's turned his career around since he left us is... And since he left Tranmere for the second time, it's yeah, something yeah, else, isn't it, really? Yeah. Incredible. Uh, Jack Marriott scored in Peterborough's two-all draw at Birmingham. I think that was his mm. first game after a long injury. Yep. Uh, Andy Cook scored a late winning pen for Bradford in 2-1 victory at his former club, Walsall. Did you see the videos from that? Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Though. The wall, the, I think when he was defending a corner in the first half, all the Walsall fans are singing, you fat bastard, basically at him. And then they started trying to do the same when he stepped up to the and he just smashed it down the middle. And then he's basically right up to them, giving him the old yeah, shush, wasn't yeah. it? Brilliant stuff. Uh, bit of Scottish Cup uh, action. Mm. Callum Higginbottom, extra time winner. Kelty Hearts mm. 1-0 giant killing over SPL and current Scottish Cup holders, mm. St Johnston. And if you want a good laugh, there's videos <laughs> of the St Johnston fans. Obviously, Kelty's not the, uh, the best of grounds. They have to walk back to the dressing room, literally through the terrace. And the pelters are getting is absolutely off the scale. It's absolutely but, ridiculous, isn't it? There's yeah. no way the play should be. I should have to walk through that, really. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's an insane setup, that, isn't it? I, I, I think the manager wanted them to, to be quite Probably, honest. Probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, staying in the Scottish Cup, Matty Douglas, former YTS lad at Carlisle, scored in Annan's incredible 4-3 win over Clydebank. And their reward is the fourth round tie at home to Rangers, well, which I, is... I, Sorry, I was going to say, Dan, I, I, I was looking at when I wanted because I had to check you know, who the goals were against when I was typing this up. His, his goal was one in normal time, wasn't it? But they, they scored an equaliser in extra time, didn't they, on I think 117 or 118 minutes. Yeah. And the winner, three minutes later, yeah, 123 yeah. minutes. Incredible. And that, that Anning game's just been announced as the Saturday evening TV game, so... Good money spinner for Annan. Excellent. Good and uh, just into National League North, George Waring <laughs> scored in Chester's 4-3 defeat at Curzon Ashton. But it, uh, it's transfers, uh, yes. you know, this week. Uh, Mark Ellis has joined Solihull on loan from Barrow, went straight into their team and they got a win, I think, the other day. He's a good, solid National League defender, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, That's the thing yeah. about that, Mark. And he's exactly what Baddow probably need at the moment. Yeah, it's, but it's a strange, strange move, isn't it? Keeper yeah, seems to be losing the yeah. plot a bit there, doesn't he? Uh, Brad Young has been linked with moves to Port Vale, Swindon, Mansfield and Northampton. This, that, this is weird. I'm now, this is not a diss on the lad, because I think the lad's got ability to Villa do, do well. this a bit, though, because they did it with uh, the lad who was at Swindon. Mm. The right back, he got called back, and I think they were going to send him somewhere else as well. But it, it, just for me, surely they must have looked how he did with us and thought maybe he needs to drop down a little bit lower well, more yeah. game time. But yeah. there you go. Uh, Josh Galloway, a bit of a fall here. He went to FC United and Manchester on loan till the end of the season and he was actually announced as he came on as sub in the second <sighs> half that this move had happened. Here's, here's a advice to any youngsters in our squad. 
don't listen to your dad if he advises you yeah. where to go. Because that, that's where the problem arrives here, didn't it? It's one yeah. of those ones. With Liam McCarran, you always understood it because he played his 20 games, hadn't he? And he'd impressed yeah. and they clearly saw something in him. He'd never played a first-team game. He'd played, like, two first-team appearances in, in pre-season. And the thing is, he was already being hawked about before he even yeah. played in those yeah. games. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, former loanee Reagan Slater has signed for Hull today on a permanent deal mm. from Sheffield United. He was there on loan previously, so it's uh, no surprise. Adam Clayton got released by Birmingham last month. He signed for Doncaster for 18 months. That's a decent mm. pickup for them. And then the random one, uh, yes. Connor Simpson, has signed for Welsh Premier Division champions Cornicky Nomads. After a spell with Icelandic side Kordrenga, yeah. and he he will form a little and large uh, duo with <laughs> former Carlisle player Craig Curran. I'm not sure how much Curran plays up front these days. Possibly yeah, I mean, he yeah. might play a little bit deeper. Possibly, but but yeah, it's not, nice to hear both names. Really, isn't it? It's a yeah. lovely bit of stuff there. So there, there you go. That's this week's episode done, done, isn't it? It's a it's been a slog this episode. I'll, I'll, I'll let you all in behind the scenes here a bit, but we've had some technical problems to say yeah. these. We've had to stop. You, you won't be able to work out because of my seamless editing, <laughs> but um, but we had to stop and start the episode yeah, again. Especially at, at the start. But, yeah. uh, yes. We persevere. We push on. Indeed. So we indeed. go again. We, go we again. sound cliched there, yeah. don't we? Yeah, very Brendan Rodgers, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah, thanks once again to our sponsor, the London Branch, for their support this season. Um just a quick reminder again, if you're still listening, to pop down to the rugby club at half one on Saturday before the Sutton game. Come and have a chat with all of us about the uh, unit of 40 or stuff and, you know, joining the kiosk and talk about what you want to see from kiosk in the future. That's that's the key thing. And what, what's been your issues in the past? What do they need to do to, to convince you, basically? Because, you know, there's no doubt, you know, the, 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 I think there's a will there to do something. But we need to work out why and how we do it. So, yep. so there you go. In terms of the next episode, uh, obviously we'll have Rochdale next week. We'll do we'll do Rochdale It'll be and Port Rochdale Vale. and Portvale, won't it? It will be, yes, indeed. So uh, busy, busy couple of weeks. It's a very busy couple of weeks, isn't it? So uh, and then we obviously got Colchester away, which is a a big game in a sense because they're, they're mm. around us, and you don't really want to lose a game like that. So yeah, t- t- tough run of games, but hopefully we'll come out the other end of it with some decent number of points on the board. Yeah. Done. Thanks once again for joining me and thanks so much for listening. Up the blues. Up the blues.